you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 147. Hi guys, how are you this week? I'm really excited to talk to you about a book I've been reading, several of us have been reading, I'm sort of obsessed with it. I think this should be required reading for all humans and it's a book by Dr. Nicole LaPera and it's called How to Do the Work. Recognize your patterns, heal from your past and create yourself. And I want to focus on a term she uses within the book. Uh, she has a whole chapter on it and it's called reparenting. And so what she says about reparenting is she says reparenting is the act of giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child and um you know i think this is an interesting topic i i've heard this term lots of different times i feel like i've experienced the reparenting process like i like to say a lot of times like i feel like i've grown up along with my kids and i didn't really fully understand how to put it into words until I read this book and she just explains so much you know a little backstory about Nicola Perez she's she goes by the holistic psychologist and uh, she's got a really active following on Instagram somebody turned me on to her and you know I've I've been Instagram resistant sort of for a long time maybe because I don't know, Instagram became popular when I already had teenagers that were using it. And I, I don't know, I, maybe I put myself into a box, but I literally had like a brain lapse when it came to using Instagram. Like I could not remember how to use it. But when I started to see uh, Dr. Nicole, that's what people call her Dr. Nicole quite often. Um, when I started to see some of her posts, they just hit so close to home and they were so aligned with mastermind parenting and you know, what I've learned over the last 22, 23 years that I started going on Instagram periodically just to see her posts. So when her book came out, I was really excited to get it. And uh, I actually have the physical copy and the audible copy. I listened to it and now I'm going through it and dog-earing everything out of, you know, everything possible. Um, but her history is that she was a traditionally trained uh, psychotherapist. She was a high achieving person. She was in clinical practice and she said that she was noticing with a lot of her clients 
that they were just stuck. No matter how often they came to therapy week after week after week, um, they just really weren't moving forward. There was just this general feeling of stuckness. And she said she looked at herself and she said, and I was stuck. And we were all kind of struggling from the same symptoms. Lots of anxiety, lots of sort of talking about things, talking about, talking about, talking about it, but not a lot of pattern changing. And so that caused her to kind of go on her own quest to seek some different resources than the ones she was trained in. And that's when she brought in some holistic practices. And And she talks a lot about how she was a scientist. She was a skeptic. She was a scientist. Um, she was not a religious person. There wasn't a sense of spirituality. Um, but she had a lot of anxiety. She was on medication, just like a lot of her clients were. And, um, and she wasn't feeling better. You know, she wasn't feeling better. So she just was really like, there has to be more. So she, you know, she went on a journey to feel better. And now she has combined these holistic practices that she found, many of which I use and I incorporate in Mastermind Parenting. Um, and she combined them, combined them with a lot of the things that she had learned, you know, as a scientist. And, um, and I'm kind of obsessed with the brain and science and neuroplasticity and how we can recondition ourselves like we can retrain our brain so that has has fascinated me for a long time um when I first start it's really a part of my story which was when I found uh the program conscious discipline which is a program for teachers when my oldest son was around seven um and I started learning about a discipline program a program to understand kids' behavior and why they do things. And it was taught from a perspective of this is what's happening in the human brain during reactivity, right? right? Like when a kid's having a meltdown, this is what's going on for them. And here's some tools that can help you reach them when they're going through this. That's just, there's so much more to conscious discipline. But I was sort of obsessed with conscious discipline from uh just all the science that was included, all the learning I was doing about the brain, understanding why people are explosive and what's happening inside their brain and bodies when they're, you know, whether they're little people or whether they're big people. Like when I was a kid and my dad was losing his temper, this is what was going on for him. And all the times where I found myself seeing red, this is what was going on for me. There's a chemical reaction happening in the body. And so that was really fascinating to me. And so Dr. Nicole really incorporates those aspects as well. And then she talks about what to do about it, but she weaves her own story. She shares pretty generously. Um, so I really wanted to spend this month um, kind of going over some of, some of the uh, things I've learned from Dr. Nicole's book. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to grab a copy for yourself or listen to it on Audible like I did. Um, and there's just so much to learn from it. But I also want to uh, I want to break down this reparenting process.
process and what it really means to reparent yourself and um, and just break it down for you guys in the way that I'm understanding it in hopes that it's going to help you. Okay. So again, she says reparenting is the act of giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child. Okay. So what didn't you receive? Right. Who remembers? Who remembers? I mean, she says there's a reason most of us don't remember. Okay. It's called dissociation. And dissociation is the act of going in a spaceship as she describes right? She describes that your brain is going into a spaceship, like a metaphorical spaceship. Um, anytime something feels too difficult to process, too difficult to stay in the present moment and deal with based on your conditioning. So we develop this conditioning when we're kids, okay? Because Because kids, they are like little resilient beings and they're not meant to be in situations that don't feel safe for them for long emotionally safe or physically safe so what kids do is they have this coping mechanism where as she describes it your body is there but your brain goes into a spaceship somewhere else and so what we know is that kids have active imagination so I'm imagining that when you're a little kid your brain naturally goes to this place and you create this imaginary world, right? So they didn't have the capacity. Kids don't have the capacity to stay, to stay in a moment that feels emotionally unsafe. So as a resilient little human, their bodies were there, but the brain leaves the room, okay? And... And I've noticed so many times, there's so many people that say, like, I have very few memories from childhood. Very few. Very, very few. I remember I was watching some reality show years ago, and I think it was called, like, Ruby. And it was a woman who was, like, morbid. she was morbidly obese. And it was, she had, literally her whole childhood was just empty like she had no memories and so the whole show I I stopped watching it but uh and I don't know exactly what turned out but the whole show was sort of like her getting to a place of healing so that she could figure out what had gone on in her childhood that caused her to be such an emotional eater to use food as a drug and um and literally like eat herself to death you know, she knew she was going to die if she continued and she just couldn't stop. So she had to go back and dig up the puzzle pieces and she couldn't remember. So even though we developed this, this resilient coping mechanism of dissociating, letting our, our bodies here, but our brain goes in a spaceship. The thing is, is that your body has a memory. So it stayed in that scary moment, your body did, and it absorbed the situation that felt too dangerous uh, for the brain to process, okay? So, so your body stayed there, but your brain went somewhere else. And as there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body and Healing of Trauma, right? So the body keeps the score, brain, mind, and body in healing of trauma. And what it says is that trauma lodges itself in the body and affects the nervous system's fight, flight, or freeze stress response. So Dr. Nicole says she's had many clients who spent childhood taking their brains away in spaceships, 
and it led to now they're in her office and they've had these lifelong patterns of disengaging detaching and and making and they have very few memories okay and the interesting thing about this is that the act of dissociation due to trauma includes little t trauma and you know it's not just the big t trauma okay so trauma let's talk about the word trauma trauma is something that's that's slowly becoming kind of more of a buzzword trauma trauma has has historically been described as the result of a deeply catastrophic event okay and it's like child abuse it's like child abuse if you went through you know a catastrophic event you know if you were physically or sexually abused as a child right then that's considered trauma if you've gone if you were in war and you had people die all around you right you're that's going through trauma we all identify it but the most interesting thing to me in dr nicole's book is that she supports the case for little t traumas causing major collateral damage as well and this is developmental trauma and i'm going to go a little bit more into little t traumas okay so she describes her childhood as pretty typical it's a big italian family mom stayed home dad's home from work around 5 30 they have family dinner around the table each night she's loved like she was an overachieving student she was an amazing athlete in fact, she only scored a 1 out of 10 on the ACEs test, which is the adverse childhood experience test that a lot of mental health professionals use to assess their clients. She only had a 1. Like, she had a pretty damn good childhood according to the ACEs. Okay? So, like, when I took the ACEs test a couple years ago, I scored an 8 out of 10. So I'm reading her book initially, and I love her. I've been following her on Instagram. I'm totally resonating with all her messages. But even I, at first, when she started sharing her story and talking about her little T traumas, um, she doesn't call them that, but I've learned that term from a couple other trauma uh, teachers that have taught me about trauma. Um, like I found myself, while I was first learning about her trauma story, to be going to sort of a place of judgment, like 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 almost like there's like trauma privilege or something you know like really you're so traumatized because your mom was anxious looking out the window when your dad was late from work one night and you absorbed her anxiety like that traumatized you so much you know like i felt myself i kind of noticed myself going into a place of judgment and um and so you know if you've experienced big trauma in your life big t trauma like i did you know, so I experienced big T trauma when I was only four years old. And um, and I tried to, to tell people about it. I tried to tell my brother about it. I tried to tell my mom about it. And whatever happened to I me, mean, now my adult brain only remembers what my four-year-old self took in. Whatever happened when I tried to ask for help left me feeling, it left me feeling not helped and it left me feeling dismissed right because little kids you know little kids are egocentric and they're not thinking oh i'm telling my big brother about this thing that's happening to me but he's only like two years older than me 
you know? So he's only like six or seven. And I'm not taking in his experience. I'm not taking in whatever was going on for my mom. Little kids are egocentric, you know? They're, they're, they're self-consumed. That's developmentally appropriate. So whatever the response was when I asked for help or I talked about it, um, I felt dismissed. So I received the message at that time. My brain made it mean, oh, okay, you're, you're here to do this thing alone in life. You got to solve your own problems. Um, so that led me, that, that trauma and that response led me to having this dismissed trigger, right? So anytime now in my adult life, it's interesting because I know where the roots of this trigger are you know, where they come from, feeling dismissed because I asked for help and for whatever reason I didn't receive it. Now, any, like my husband, if I'm trying to tell him something about some book I read or whatever, if he walks away from me when I'm talking or gets busy, you know, like he did the other day, um, when I was trying to tell him about Dr. Nicole's book, he was like, you know, fidgeting and, and straightening pictures on the wall. I feel this bubbling up of anger in my chest because it's it's triggering that same feeling of feeling dismissed. Like I'm trying to tell you about something that's really important. And I want to, you know, and I'm 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 here, I'm confiding, I'm telling you something and you're you're not interested. You know, so I felt that bubbling up of the anger because that's what happens anytime we're triggered and we're feeling the way we felt at another time in our life that's left unresolved in some way, okay? So now I'm aware, I'm consciously aware of when that trigger is being activated, okay? So I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, here's the deal. Like, you really, you you're, you dissociated because... You were feeling anxious. You were absorbing your mom's anxiety. And, you know, the interesting thing for me is that, like, I've spent the last 10 years or so since um, a lot of my old memories have resurfaced um, working on healing from my trauma. But Dr. Nicole, this is what's so interesting about her book. She's telling us that she's had a bunch of destructive habits in her life, too. She struggled with chronic anxiety, digestive issues, had a super shitty memory, brain fog, and had very few memories from her childhood. She took part in risky behaviors. Her childhood seemed relatively normal. She only scored, y'all remember, a one on the ACEs test. So it got me thinking about comparing big T trauma and little t trauma, right? Like, like Nicole experienced, she experienced the trauma too not receiving the attachments and attunement from her parents that she craved to feel safe and connected as a little child. So, you know, you can't compare. It's like trauma is trauma, pain is pain, and a child not receiving or feeling like they're getting their emotional needs met, like that was stored as trauma in her body. She was also stuck. She also felt bad a lot of the time in her body. She also experienced suffering. And she says in her book that this was pretty much the case with all those people in her clinical practice. So this is, a, this is what we're saying. This is like an epidemic, right? So all 
everybody coming who's like, yeah, I, I barely remember my childhood. You know, and what I've noticed is, is that since I've started kind of talking more about my early trauma and the memories that resurfaced, after sharing my story with, with people who have few memories, a lot of times they'll wonder whether they had abuse too and they rep repressed it like, like my brain had, right? Like my memories resurfaced a month before my 40th birthday. So even though my, my body was keeping score, and I was feeling, um, I was actually numb a lot of the time because I didn't know how to process or deal with it. When I started feeling safe enough in the world, um, the memories from the early trauma came back to me when I was sleeping a month before my 40th birthday. Okay. So when I've told several people about this experience, um, They've said, well, I barely remember things from my childhood and I have a lot of anxiety and unprocessed emotion that I don't know where it's coming from. I wonder what happened to me. I wonder what happened to me. But after reading the, Dr. Nicole's book, I think for most people probably, it's not necessarily a repressed memory waiting until it feels safe to resurface. I think it's the result of being raised by other like little t traumatized people who never healed themselves, you know? So if we're raised, maybe big T traumatized people too. So if we're raised by people who haven't dealt with their trauma, then ultimately we're going to not feel emotionally connected. And then we're going to feel that same trauma. Like Dr. Nicole is that example. So I think that it's just, it's so interesting because it lets me know that there's a collective healing that is needed. And I feel like it's here, you know, so that we can stop passing down all of these little T trauma patterns that caused all of us when we were little humans to feel disconnected, sad, angry, or left to solve our own problems alone like I did, right? Before our brains had developed enough to even really think critically. I mean, remember... Your brain doesn't finish developing until your late 20s. So, of course, little kids need to feel connected and, um, and, and taken care of by their grown-ups so that when they do bump up against the curveballs in life, they can turn to their grown-ups to help them, you know, to lend them their critical thinking skills to help them solve the problems. I mean, there's a reason why little kids are minors. They're not equipped to do life alone yet. So she talks about all of this under the term reparenting. She says a big part of the healing is learning to reparent ourselves, to finally give our wounded inner children the attunement and attachment that we need to thrive in life. And again, her exact definition is reparenting is the act of giving yourself what you didn't receive as a child. And in her book, she takes you through the steps it takes to investigate yourself and identify your trauma bond classifications, like the role you took in your family based on the dynamic. Were you the caregiver, the rescuer, the life of the party, the hero worshiper? She has a bunch of these classifications. It's actually really fun. I was 
trading texts with my friend Tracy, who was also reading and listening to it. And she's like, I'm caregiver and such and such. I'm like, I'm rescuer and such and such. You know, it's like looking at your family dynamic and being able to see what role you played, what role your siblings played, um, and getting kind of curious around it. So based on what we didn't receive, um, and so and so then we step into these roles to cope with what we didn't receive, at what we didn't receive. Okay, these make up our trauma bonds, and um, based on those roles, and then we end up calling in partners that allow us to stay in these familiar roles. So what I realized is is that dismissive trigger, like that was a big one. That was a big trauma for me was feeling dismissed. And uh, I called in my husband, unknowingly, of course, because he was quite often kind of dismissive. And, um, and, you know, he'll say it to me. He's like, get to the point. I mean, he's told me on these podcasts, which I hope you all do too, because I know I can ramble. He's like, oh, God, I listened to it at 2x. Um, and, you know, he was, he, you know, that was, that was kind of our dynamic. So for many years when it came to parenting, um, I really just put my head down and sort of boxed him out and just did what, you know, I was like, I'm taking care of my kids in a certain way, but I sort of almost just like didn't even let him have a point of view. Like I was so mama bear about it, but it, it, it was a disservice to him and to me because I was so scared of sharing things with him that I was learning of him reacting in a slightly what I perceived to be a slightly dismissive way okay so anytime I perceived it to be dismissive I'd just be like never mind and I would just do what I wanted to do but that actually wasn't healthy for us or our relationship you know it's interesting because it's like when you learn what your triggers are and then you learn the practices to overcome them like that day, just the other day when I was telling him about Dr. Nicole and her book and, um, and he was all of a sudden needing to look everywhere other than at me and straighten the pictures on the walls. And I felt the bubbling up of anger. He left the room and then I heard some clanking and he was eating breakfast. Well, you know what? It was Sunday morning and he had actually been, I've been writing in my bed for like two hours and he had been waiting to start his day and he wanted to hang out with me. He wanted to maybe go for a walk, go to the garden center, probably have some breakfast. Um, but he was he was respecting the fact that I am most creative first thing in the morning and I was writing and every time he kind of came in checking on me, I was like, I'm, you know, just a little bit. I'm still writing. I'm still writing. And um, And so he had been really patient. But he really wanted to hang out with me. And so then he comes in. He's hungry, I think, you know, because when he left the room after fidgeting, he immediately, I heard the clanking and I knew he was eating alone. So he'd been waiting and waiting and waiting. And so now all of a sudden I've stopped writing, but I want to launch in and tell him all about this book. Like my timing was bad. Like he gets to be a human too. You know, but when you're in that triggered state, you and you're and you're back to your four year old self, you can't see that. You can only see the world from your perspective. So it literally is a practice of like taking your identifying your triggers and understanding where they come from, right? And then being able to sort of witness yourself 
and incorporating practices into your life that help you to sort of study your own brain. Like when I, when he left the room and I was bubbling up with the anger, I took three deep inhales and exhales. And then I did my daily mind manager, which is my morning journaling practice. And I used a certain tool, which is what is the sentence going through my head? I know the feeling I'm feeling is anger, sadness, embarrassment. I'm like all graspy, trying to tell him about this book, trying to sell him about this, sell him on this book. You got to listen to it. This is what I'm learning. And I'm kind of seeming sort of desperate. So I'm embarrassed. And what's the sentence going through my head? So I teach a tool and I do this practice called the Daily Mind Manager where I literally find those sentences swirling in my head, which represent thoughts. And I identify what was I thinking? You know, what I say doesn't matter. And then I have a practice where I shift the sentence and look at it differently. And when I started to wiggle that sentence, all of a sudden I shifted into my adult perspective and I'm now able to see it from maybe his point of view. He, I mean, not only had he been waiting patiently for two hours while I was writing, oh, let me add this on. He had brought me two cups of coffee. Like he wasn't even just waiting. He was like bringing me coffee in bed, being Mr. Patient Husband, wanting to go. And then, you know, so when I was in my four-year-old brain feeling triggered and reactive, I was seeing it as he's so dismissive, you know, he doesn't even pay attention to me. But when I, but when I shifted and did this practice of studying my own brain and kind of helping myself snap out of reactivity... Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, he was bringing me coffee in bed. You know, I can see his perspective, right? So, so you know, it's so interesting. We call in these partners based on these trauma bonds. But when we learn how to reparent ourselves and heal from those old hurts, and we incorporate new practices like my daily mind manager, like the breath work, which... When you are in a reactive state, like I was with the anger bubbling up in your chest, you know, learning how to properly breathe, literally just, just recalibrate your nervous system, you know? So now you're taking back control and you're not just, you're not just going into a place of fight or flight into reactivity. It's really interesting. So she teaches practices in her book about reconditioning yourself and, and, and being able to, you know, change these unhelpful patterns. She says, you know, look, we, we went in the spaceships and we dissociated and we figured out coping mechanisms that served us as children, but they're no longer supporting you in adulthood. They're making you feel anxious and sick and disconnected from other people and probably take part in some numbing habits. Um, and they're keeping you stuck. And then you're going to end up passing down these patterns to your kids that will leave them feeling sick and stuck as adults. So it's, if we want to raise our kids, if we want more for our kids, right? Even if we aren't ready to admit we want more for ourselves yet. I wasn't. When I started doing the work, as Dr. Nicole says, by reparenting ourselves um, I did it for my kids. I did it so that 
when I realized, and I learned this in conscious discipline, that you pass down your buttons, that's what they say in conscious discipline, you pass down your triggers. So unless you are, are willing to do the work to heal them with your, within yourself, you're going to pass it down in one way or another. Even when it looks super different, you're going to pass it down to your kids. So initially, I did do it for my kids because I sort of was telling myself, I'm fine. I'm a functioning human being. I have a family. I got married. I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. So I was like, okay, I, I want my kids to be more than fine. So I really did do it initially for my kids. And, and, and then ultimately I realized I deserve to do this work for me, right? So even if you're not there yet, and you have no interest in going within, um, consider doing this for your kids. Because reparenting yourself is really how you put your own oxygen mask on first. I hate that metaphor. It's so freaking overused, but it's kind of perfect and true, right? Like on the airplane, you're putting on your own oxygen mask. Otherwise, you've suffocated, you're dead, and there's no way for your kids to get their oxygen masks on. So you got to put it on yourself first. Okay, and in the next episode, I'm going to break down what this reparenting process looks like in terms of Dr. Nicole's work. She teaches it um, within four pillars. Um, I don't disagree with her on her pillars, but I do have uh, several things to add on because I feel like I have been Reparenting myself, that has been the process of mastermind parenting. And here's the deal, you guys. She says this, and I agree with it. No matter how much we work to reparent ourselves, we're still going to screw up. We're still going to, our kids are still going to be left with some of our collateral damage. Um, I'm experiencing that right now, you know. And, but when you, you know, it's part of the human experience, Like we're not going to be perfect parents. We're not going to not pass down any of our stuff. Even when we think we're doing it so differently and saying just the right thing. Um, You know, so much of communication is nonverbal. They pick up on our BS. You know, I never focused on external appearance with my daughter. I didn't want her defining herself by, you know, beauty and la, 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 la. But... I was still struggling with so many vanity issues and still do myself. Let me tell you, it's real fun for somebody who's <laughs> had a lot of their self-worth based on vanity to um, all of a sudden turn 50 years old. Yeah, that's 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 fun. Um, but yeah, like I passed down plenty of shit to her. And we're taught, but you know, when you become a family that talks about anything and everything, it's like, I don't have to be scared of talking about it. I can just own it. We can talk about it. We can start the healing now with her at 19. She doesn't have to wait till she's 40. And she doesn't have to blame me. I'm blaming myself. I'm here saying, crap, this is why you struggle with this because it's my shit. You know, and we're talking about it and we're working on it together and we're finding the resources together and bringing in extra therapeutic resources, you know, so... We don't have to be scared that our kids are going to come and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, you screwed me up. It's like, I'm definitely going to screw you up. 
and this is a safe zone to talk about it like like we're being human is messy we're going to talk about this stuff so I feel like this reparenting topic is so important and critical and um I know it's kind of heavy <laughs> even the term like I was like I was like I really wanted to kind of name it something more catchy because I was like ugh, it just sounds so freaking lame but I think it really is the term we're reparenting ourselves along with our kids we're reparenting ourselves while parenting so thanks for being here thanks for tuning in and if you've been listening and getting something out of this, it really, you guys, would mean the world to me if you take the time to give me a five-star rating and a review. Um, really. It, it's Because when you do this, what it does is it moves the podcast up in whatever the computer system is of the podcast world. And it la- allows more parents who are just like you looking for tools to help their family. Um, and it gets the podcast in front of them so that they can listen and learn. And the more of us that do this work together, the more collective healing we're going to have. And I truly believe this is a movement. This is how we create a better world for our kids, for our grandkids, and so on. You know, this is how we bring more kindness and self-awareness and I think how we evolve as humans and do it just a little bit better than the generation before. That's the way it's supposed to work. And God willing, our kids will do it better than we do. So have a beautiful week because you're a beautiful parent willing to expand your mind and do the work. Bye for now. Well, I hope you now have some new tips and tools and ways of looking at the reparenting process putting on your own oxygen mask first. Remember, reparenting is all about giving yourself what you didn't receive. So it's giving yourself the love, care, and understanding you wanted as a kid. Because guess what? You deserve that. To continue moving the needle forward in creating a happier household and life, I want you to go to my website, mastermindparenting.com, and check out my three beginning programs. They're very concise. It's easy to follow. You'll find the right program for you. And get started. Get started. Life's too short. As always, remember, we're on all the social channels. On Instagram, we're mastermind underscore parenting and on Facebook you can join my free group mastermind parenting community where we post tips and tools most multiple times weekly and we also especially this month we're going to be doing a lot of pop-up Facebook lives in that coaching group where I'm going to do some extra teaching and coaching all about the reparenting process and really honing in on your burning questions because remember I want to help you support your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better and do better. And we have to go through this reparenting process because we can't teach what we don't have. The link to the Facebook group, Mastermind Parenting Community, is in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there.